Hi, everyone. Before we begin today, we wanted to share our support for an immediate de-escalation and ceasefire in Gaza and for the U.S. government's official and effortful commitment to that position. We really want to emphasize that we are not experts on this conflict and ourselves have been looking to more knowledgeable and to directly affected people to learn more. And we'll share links and resources that have been helping us to learn more in the show notes today. We really encourage you to seek out those better resources um, to get current information and to figure out how you want to take action. We just want to use our small platform to join others calling for justice while recognizing that there are very much limits to what we can offer to you as people who you interact with via this online Percy Jackson podcast. That being said, if you live in the U.S. and want to communicate your support for a ceasefire, you can call your representatives and ask them to support House Resolution 786 resources on how to do that are in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to Seaweed Brain, a Percy Jackson podcast where a gaggle of 20-somethings like to gather on a quiet evening to overanalyze children's novels. Today, we are joined once more by a wonderful returning special guest here to discuss chapters 11 through 14 of The Chalice of the Gods. Stick around. With Kizik Can's free shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome back, Jake Sweat. Yo, what is up? What is up? Jake Sweat is joining us today. America, as always. Carter, hello. <laughs> Hi. Um, we are so happy to have Jake here. Jake, I feel like you're really excited about the Chalice of the Cods. I am really excited. I feel like it's cool to see him so much older. Like, it's just cool to be in a perspective of an older demigod. So, yes. Absolutely. And have you finished the book? By this point? I haven't. I'm on chapter 17, so I am past what we talked about today, which is great, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I was really hoping to have finished my own, but I I have. I just kind of, I got to there. But it's been, oh my God, like, it's like you pick it up and you're like, oh my God, Uh oh my God, it's great. (laughs) I also haven't finished it. I've been savoring it, just kind (laughs) of reading a little bit at a time. Although some of it's been spoiled for me, which is okay. Yeah. The worst thing is with these books is just like, you just want to savor it so bad, right? You're like, I don't want to read it unless I'm like, so just like, like ready to just indulge in it. Right. So I feel that. I feel that. Wait, Carter, have you finished it yet? I have not. Oh, look at us. Fake <laughs> fans. We're giving read a long podcast this time. Yeah, we're giving Mike Schubert energy. <laughs> Jake, we do have to ask you a question. Jacob Sweat, um, what is your favorite drinkable beverage? That you would drink. What would be in your, your chalice of the gods? What would your chalice of the gods dispense? What would the chalice of Jake's godly beverage met? number five? Oh. Yeah, what's your godly be- Olympian beverage number five? That's so tough. It's so hard because I feel like everyone has like the beverage that's good for you and then the beverage that's bad for you. And you have like give a, us both one of either. 
but I will say, I will say, I love um, berry lemonade Jones soda. You guys ever have Jones soda before? No. no. Berry? Never had it. Jones? It's too. Jones soda is really awesome. And berry lemonade is like my favorite flavor. So that's probably like my favorite. Oh, like cute. A pop or like soda. And I would say that. Pop. I would say, yeah, berry lemonade. Or maybe just like a Slurpee. I love a Slurpee. <gasps> Wait, no, no, no. What color Slurpee? What color? See, I'm a I I've never understood it because I don't I never get one color. I always mix it up. Like it just, yeah. just purple, yeah. Swap dark slushy. purple mess. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't say one color. Like I'm not like a cherry. Like if it's cherry versus blue, I'm gonna go blue all every time. Okay. I have to go blue. Yeah. yeah. Come on, it's no. The drink. There was a right answer, and it was if it's cherry versus blue, blue. Go blue. There you go. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then literally not even for the Michigan affiliation or the Percy Jackson of it all. The truly. Thing. <laughs> oh my God! Not even because of Heather's. I just think that blue is the better flavor. Yo, I Whoa. agreed. Agreed. And to be clear, the flavors are not red and blue. The flavors are cherry and blue. <laughs> blue. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's like cherry, blue, and cola. It's like those are like yeah. the three. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Literally the colors. I went to like think brewery in Boston is... and they were like, they had a flavor of the brewed ale or something called blue. And people were like, what? What does that mean? And they were like, oh, it's obviously blue Slurpee. Duh. Yeah. Also yeah. the most popular flavor. <laughs> what is the brewed ale? What is that? Is like, it like it was that? like they were doing lots of like beer derivative, like passion fruit or like other like you know like fruity oh. carbonated alcoholic beverages that were like five gotcha. percent roughly. Okay, but the most popular one was blue, and what blue. they meant was blue Slurpee <laughs> turned into like a beer, basically. That's awesome. <laughs> that sounds amazing because yeah. it would be like a little fizzy, maybe. Yeah. It was sick. Uh, yeah, no, they achieved the fizzy to icy effect oh, bridging yeah. perfectly. Wow, perfect. That is perfect. You're from East Boston? Check them out. I guess <laughs> they're, they're not paying us. <laughs> What's it called? It's called Downey Cider House. Shout out to them. <laughs> All right. Shout out to them. Um, should we talk about Percy Jackson now? Yes. Let's yes, get into it. Where did we last leave off, Carter? We last left off having fully subdued Hebe, having secured victory, turning her into a day-old infant, and Annabeth delivering us the iconic line. Um, what was it? Burp for yes? I remember once for yes, poop yourself for no. Definitely poop yourself for no. (laughs) Or like gurgle, (laughs) gurgle for yes. Gurgle, yeah, something like, fine. I I have the book in front of me. I could literally read it off. Um, This is embarrassing. Wow. Gurgle once for yes, poop yourself for no. Anyway, (laughs) the point is that Annabeth's plan worked. We have defeated Hebe. We're going to get our information and figure out who is our new lead suspect for having stolen the cup, the chalice. Of the gods. And that's where we open up. Hebe's giving us the tea, and Hebe's number one suspect is Iris. We kind of knew this was coming, based on the yes. chapter titles. Based on the chapter titles, based on, basically, like, Ganymede's original tip was also, like, you might want to check out, like, some of the previous cupbearers for the gods. You want to check out people who are jealous of my life because they used to sort of have it, in a way. Because they used um, to labor for the gods. <laughs> Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So first we checked in with Hebe, and then Hebe's like, well, like, it, also, Iris is, like, in that same category. Hebe thinks Iris is a little suspicious. This description is, like, honestly interesting, where Hebe is kind of like, Iris is scarier than me, and she's stranger, and, like, people think that she's, like, lovely and kooky and 
like a peaceful vegetarian, but you better watch yourself. And there's something that she's hiding. What are your thoughts on the idea of vegetarian conspiracy? I love it. I love the idea that somebody who's really invested in wellness is secretly hiding something like demonic or gory or gruesome about their personality. Yeah, that's pretty good. I do like that too. Wait, because did they say that uh, Hebe is a vegetarian? I'm forgetting now in the book. I'm Iris. Like, Iris. Iris. Iris is a vegetarian. She runs the she farmer's that, market. She yeah, sells she crystals. She had that health food store back in, uh, what book was it? That Mark was Lina? back in Son of Neptune. Son of, Son of Neptune. Neptune. They were on their way up the West yeah. Coast. West Coast, say, hello. Hey. Where else are they going to run into the vegan, Buddhist, fish jerky? It was, yeah, she was like fully in like Portland or NorCal or something. I feel. I think it was Northern California. Yeah, I think yeah. that was yeah, where. Yeah, 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 yeah. When Percy runs into him with, why am I blanking on the rest of the? Hazel and Frank. And Frank. Hazel, yeah, Hazel. yeah. The one thing I really remember from that was the satchel, the man purse. Yeah, the man conversation. Purse. Oh, that was disappointing. Oh, yeah. I, my biggest takeaway was like Iris was like kind of Buddhist, and she was like, "What are you telling me that a Greek goddess can't be Buddhist? That's like really discriminatory." And Pride we were like, "Whoa, yeah, whoa, <sighs> whoa." <laughs> I feel like the way that he kind of not to like jump ahead here, but like the way that we kind of like get the descriptor of her when you see her again here is like exactly what I was expecting and hoping for. And I like, sometimes it's like been a minute since I've, you know, like kind of read that part in Son of Neptune, you know, and I'm just like, maybe, you know, I have like a different idea in my head. And like, by the time we're going to meet the goddess, I'm going to be like, oh, it's, it's like, she actually is like, you're saying like more devious than I had like previously imagined but like the way he describes it, i'm like no that is exactly who like yeah more, even more so <laughs> than like what they're described as like on the the surface level it's like deeper you know what i'm saying because some of the yeah. gods have some deeper like you know whether or not they're genuinely like good or bad person i guess is a way to put it but in this mm-hmm. one i was like Dang, i feel like i had her in my mind as like one of the gods you can probably count on and yeah I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like yeah okay she still is like it's not i'm not delusional like, <laughs> like, yeah also like uh, she still is someone i can count on like i would be pretty shocked i haven't read past the chapters we're talking about today <laughs> no it's okay pretty shocked if she had some great big turn was this you who wrote this carter about relating to percy Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Percy, at the beginning of this chapter, when Hebe reveals that it's Iris, Percy's first reaction is like, oh, thank God, it's local. (laughs) He's like, okay, we're going to go find Iris in the city on Saturday. That's amazing because I have so much homework to do and I don't want to have to leave and go on a trip because I have so much homework to do. (laughs) That was so real of him. Weren't the moments where you're, like, (laughs) relating to him now as, like, an older person just, like, the best? Like, some of the best parts of reading it, you're like, yeah. Yes. He's still experiencing what it's like like to grow up just like I am, which is good. And he's learning, like, the developing of the filter is so cute because Percy's like, I've met Iris. She didn't seem spiteful. And Hebe says, what, and I do? And Percy's narration says, I kept my mouth shut. Sometimes I can learn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, and I could have said something rude there, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Look at me learning. <laughs> yeah. I do also relate to somebody being like, oh, wait, that other person seems nice. And being like, girl, <laughs> and? What do you and, I'm not, and I'm not. And I'm not. I had to shout out. This is as they were leaving and they're walking out of heebie-jeebies. Quote, the last we saw Hebe, she was welcoming a group of millennials who wanted to relive the 90s through the magic of Spice Girls karaoke. I hoped they made it out alive. (laughs) I felt red for filth. That is nasty. He was was rotted for that. That was 
so mean. I do Spice Girls karaoke. Rick Reardon? Rick Reardon is 60 years old. Rick Reardon telling you, oh, by the way, you're elderly? Wow, that was a lot. No, um, he's right for that, though. Because I mean, literally someone like hate DM'd us this week and said, we're millennials. They said in their hate DM to see we Brain podcast, you guys have millennial energy. This is wild. Every <laughs> episode recently, we've it. had to talk about the millennial Gen Z divide. Wait, I have Why? to ask, because like, where, like, where do you sit on it? Like, where do you feel you belong? Like, where do you fit in? I really feel like we're in the middle. I, I feel, feel like, like we're, we're in the middle, middle but if you yeah. meet somebody who's 27 years old, they will say they're in the middle, and a BuzzFeed quiz will tell them that they are in the middle, and then you're like, well, what what does that mean? I do- you're in the upper middle, and we're in the lower middle. We're the lower middle, exactly. We're like, I have a younger sister, and I know I'm not actually Gen Z. Do you know what I mean? Like, exactly. <laughs> she will be like, it's too hard for me to text you a TikTok. You need to link us on the app so I can DM it to you and then give you the additional context without switching screens, and I was like, wow generational divide what no, yeah that's <laughs> nice. i have a sister a younger sister as well and it is i can relate i can relate <laughs> my 18 year old co-worker couldn't immediately identify love on top as a song by <gasps> beyonce by beyonce that's not a generational divide i'm sorry real gen z knows who beyonce is beyonce didn't go somewhere when they were born that's ridiculous <laughs> true that's true, true fact. But they don't know this about the snuggy video you know oh they were there for countdown oh. the filipino they gay boy version <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like for me, a big difference maker, I was thinking about the save and was like, I was still like did a lot of things outside by the time I was in eighth grade. Like I wasn't really mm-hmm. like screen locked at that age. And I think that said a lot. That's one of the BuzzFeed questions yeah. on their little quiz is like, what was your first phone? My first right. phone was a flip phone. So yeah. Oh, so we know. Yeah. yeah. We're in the so middle. we are. Well, like in BuzzFeed, they're saying like that, that's enough to be millennial edge let's be honest who rick is writing for us he's writing for that yeah this, this it was look. an appropriate read yeah i've been i've been reading a lot of people in my life for being millennials recently but it's you know sometimes you gotta you gotta get read back right, right. <laughs> i want to get him back <laughs> well percy has some reflections oh no because this scene this scene is everything this is a great scene this is a god tier no. scene we could spend the entire episode just talking about this scene i agree yeah okay they're leaving they all go their separate ways percy like walks home from like Times square up to the upper east side which i just love i know we kind of already said this about it staying local like but i really do love that it is all just like right here yeah it is neighborhood yeah kind of makes you start to fill out any gaps or something you feel like you've been like where could i have missed something before that like they could have gone and done in this period of time where you don't see them or something which i guess you kind of do follow pretty closely in the time period over over even when he grows up you know in the first series here but like but this is still so new we've never had percy just be like i walked home today right right literally just like the park to breathe. Were you like on fifth? Where did where did you go? What did you see? <laughs> you know, like... what, what other landmarks do we need to mark down so you can go <laughs> stand and look at it from your point of view and what you know what I'm saying? Yes. yes. He walks home and we get this phenomenal, very well realized fire escape scene with Percy and Sally. That wow, this scene, this scene is everything. This scene, when Rick said on tour that I am excited to finally stop and breathe and give you moments to to seep in ideas about family and home and leaving childhood. 
he wasn't he wasn't joking. He really delivered. All we right. were having multiple <laughs> moments to pause and sit and think and seep in New York City and have Percy just like look into people's windows and ah, ah, <laughs> I love that part. It's so good. It's so good. Now you're literally hitting the nail on the head, Carter. I've those moments have kind of just become the most that you like look forward to oddly enough you're like yes. damn i forget i forgot that it started with like like that's the thing is the series is so wide it's this whole world that's like opened up and you forget that like like you got tied in in the first place because you just love the main character right like the main characters had such a perspective and then now you get to like he gets to think freely again in some moments here. It's so nice. Yes. It's like reconnecting with your childhood friend. We're like, you vaguely kind yeah. of, you guys used to be really close as kids. And then you kind yes. of got separated a bit in middle school, high school. You still knew what he was up to. But now you're yeah. like both older and you get to like become close again and be like, oh, wow, this is how your brain works now. Like, yeah, wow, yeah, 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 yeah. so much. But at the same time, you're still the same person. Like, How his brain works, I feel like is a great way to say that. Shall we read the description of Sally? Yeah, yes. we're going to have to do a reading. This is page 84. Hey, my mom said. I glanced back to see her climbing through the window. We're on the fire escape. You need a hand? I started to get up. I wasn't sure why I was worried. She climbed out that window a hundred times, but tonight I felt concerned. Maybe because my whole future felt fragile. She waved at me to stay seated. I'm fine, she said. It just looked like you could use some company. She sat down next to me, her back against the brick wall. The gray streaks in her hair gleamed like veins of silver. Weirdly, I'd gotten my first shock of gray before my mom did, thanks to a certain titan named Atlas, but hers suited her better. She didn't look older so much as more regal. I remembered that a long time ago, Poseidon had compared my mom to a princess, and he hadn't meant the damsel in distress stereotype. He meant the warrior princesses of ancient Greece who took no prisoners and knew how to swing a bronze blade. My mom had that kind of strength. She also had the kindness to notice I was hurting and to climb out a window to be with me. Wow. Wow. I could keep reading, but you could also read it yourself for the whole New York window description, which literally makes me want to cry. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you want to say something about Sally, though, Jake? I don't know. She doesn't have to. It's like she, there's not many words exchanged for like the point to get across, you know? Yes. And I think you start to just realize that like she definitely doesn't baby Percy, which is really cool. I really respect that a lot. I think it's awesome to see that. Like we're saying here, like you don't really see so much of him. And his mom, like, conversing, or at least yeah. in a long time, right? In a long time. He explicitly mentions that here. He's like, I, I never tell her about the quests. I don't tell, like, I don't tell her what I do when I'm outside of home because I don't want her to worry. And this is one of the rare moments where he's like, I, I, I'm thinking about aging. I'm thinking about <laughs> what I've gained and who I was before. And it's shaking me. And she's just like, you're fine. You were fine then. You'll be fine now. And there's such a, like, quiet... Yeah, there's like a restraint. There's a grace. That that's that's the the spirit that she has always embodied. And that's the spirit of the series. That like the right thing to tell somebody who is like doing difficult things, who is in in that transitional liminal space, is like you've had it before. You have it now. Like yeah, keep going. About yourself. Yeah, oh, saying that like when you were little, you would just stare down whatever was a, was scaring you until it went away or until you understood it. Thinking about you as a toddler makes me feel sick to your stomach. She laughed. It makes me feel hopeful. You're still moving forward. You've grown into a fine young man, and I'm proud of you. Oh, I could cry. Right? Right? That, you know, that idea, like, you're still moving forward. Like, you've always been this way. Mm -hmm. And you're always going to have this innate sense of, I'm going to solve this problem. 
either by fighting it or coming to understand it and like show it compassion, which is what we've seen from Percy. Like I th- yeah. that idea of coming to understand it, that just re- reminded me of Tyson. Yes. And his tendency to like want to kind of empathetically get to the root of something or someone in a way that like contrasts Annabeth a lot and that he's been showing that from a young age is like so sweet. That is, yeah. You know what? That's true. And just like, you're still moving forward. I don't know. Yes. That, you're still that's moving forward. a Percy forward. Jackson tattoo quotable worthy sentence, I feel like. Yes, 100%. Everything about the, yeah, this 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 encapsulates the, the messages so well of, of personal change, of restraint. Yeah. I seriously just think like reading this whole part was like never could a book arrive in more of a right time for mm. me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, wow. Like I didn't know that maybe the sequel did need to be written for, like, so much <laughs> later. Like, it just hits. And you're like, yes. Like, yeah, it's the kind of thoughts. I think, like, the kind of anxiety that he starts to, like, kind of express more in the book here than previously. Not to say that he hasn't had it before. Oh, yeah. Know, just more maybe just, like, at the center of what he thinks about than not, I think is so relatable to the age that he's at right now. Yes. Exactly. Yes. He's age-appropriate. I I feel like I got into this a little bit with somebody recently, but I was like, I I think that this conversation is emblematic of it, but the rest of the book is this way, too, where, like, it's... I think some people might find it a little strange getting into these this particular book because Percy is much older, but it's still a middle-grade book. Mm-hmm. But th- it's such, I think that this vein of work is so important. The idea of like not dumbing it down, but being like, this is like a mature 18 year old telling like probably a 12 year old, like, this is what, this is what I'm thinking about. Like, this is what I'm struggling with right now yes. in a way that's like appropriate for that age. But it's also like this, like, this is not what a 12 year old is thinking about. Like Percy is like really wrestling with what it means yeah. to like, to to leave yeah. home, to recontextualize himself, to like... <laughs> take pleasure in doing the dishes like the way yes. the dialogue oh. is here is it's appropriate for the age because it is simple but it is sparse in a way that is so artful and appreciative of the subtleties of his life like the way that this chapter ends is just this beautiful restrained short sentence prose of percy doing the dishes of him like watching his mom and paul sit on the couch and listen to music together he's just like he's briefly describing to you like i did my homework i stayed up a little bit more and i tried i did some algebra i wrote an essay there's something so profound to me about the way that he like wraps this up and he's like i like was really shaken and i had this conversation and it energized me and like yeah. it didn't energize me in the sense that I ran out and did some things, but I like, you know, like my, my day was better. Yeah, <laughs> I did some things yeah. that were important. You know, like th- th- yeah. that. No, I, you're literally like, like I'm saying, <laughs> you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. Like the, reading the end of this, like the end of this chapter, you know what? I can go get up and do the things. I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're still like, moving forward. You're still moving forward. Yeah, yeah, yep. Strength to like, and I really love it. And I think there's something else too in like, like you're saying here, the subtleties of his life, you kind of see how kind of quietly he takes it on his downtime. And I mm-hmm. think that does really well to kind of match with like how chaotic the, mm-hmm. the not downtime is, right? Yeah. Like when he's doing yeah. like all these things. I feel like exactly. it, just, it, it grounds it more. You're like, yeah, like you wouldn't really be 
yeah chaotic in every point of his life right like it's like when he gets 100%. It, it would be a real breather which is cool yeah i want to shout what you said about like the anxiety like we know like he's worried he's worried about a lot of things before it's not like this is the first time he's been anxious but this specific kind of anxiety i really felt was like so age appropriate like you said carter right before his mom comes out on the bottom of 83 and he says like I'd been on so many quests, but like still this felt as risky as anything I'd ever done. Maybe that was because I was so close to graduating and hopefully starting a new life in California. Only a few steps to go, but the ground was starting to crack beneath my feet. I didn't trust that the world could hold my weight much longer. That was such a beautiful image and so, you know, like it feels like the ground is falling out from underneath you, like in this transitionary period. And like, but also there's something so powerful and like exciting about the world can't hold my weight much longer. Like I have to move on to something yeah. bigger. And yeah. I, this is a, I don't even know if this is really the right time to bring this up, but as I was listening to Guts the other day, I was <laughs> like, wow, Teenage Dream. I don't think we ever yeah. Yeah, talked about this yet, but Teenage Dream is such a Percy Jackson song, the final track on Guts, yeah. where I've heard, Olivia I've heard yeah. is like meditating on like- They all say that it gets better. It gets better, but gets like, what better. if I don't? But what if I don't? Yeah, yeah and yeah, like yeah, maybe yeah. I've given you all the best parts of me already. That's just so Percy Jackson at 18 being like, I'm sorry, like I have to get older. I have to move on. Yeah. And I don't know what that's going to look like for me, but you have to let me do it. Right. Oh man. Like, please yes. forgive me. Yeah. I'm just as scared as you are. Yeah. Right. Ah, okay. It's so good. I feel yes. like I, you're just, yeah, this is good. This, this is scene good. is so <sighs> important. It's giving you like good speculative fiction about teenagers needs to tangibly viscerally interact with the real world that actual teenagers experience. I really feel like that makes a difference between good oh, and we great can't talk about Gen speculative v. fiction. <laughs> uh, no. Like, to, like, in order to maximize your slay, to maximize the impact of speculation and to maximize the impact of telling stories about young people, you need both. Like, I want to have a story about somebody who can, like, slay demons, but also, like, I want to know what they look like in their school uniform and like when they have to pick up their younger sister from the daycare. You know, like that, that those are the things that need to cross over. That need to cross over. Like we've always had a level of this with Percy where he's been, you know, like we'll see him like on the Amtrak or like yeah. walking down the pier of the like Embarcadero of San Francisco or something. But like, I feel like it hits different to have Percy be like, I'm at home. I commuted right. today. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's like, there's like a pause. <laughs> like the, the pauses are kind of so big right now and i'm loving it i'm loving it so before we move out of this chapter i want to shout out one little line because last week with ola we were talking about um when percy mentions typing up this story on a word processor right and mm -hmm. there's like another little meta nod here which is cute yes, on wait, 85 no, huge so oh. after this beautiful description of percy looking into the windows of everybody in new york and all the different quirky people and families and what they're going about he says I love New York because you can see all those lives side by side, like an endless patchwork of different video game screens, inviting you to hit play and slip into a new reality. I wondered if anyone had ever thought about slipping into my life. <laughs> like, all the time. Wink, all the wink, time. cute. That's yeah. what we're doing right now. That's good. Wow. <laughs> I didn't even think of that when I read it. It's that, so, yeah. Wow. It's so, so cute. And I think that it's not just cute. It also, I think, is inviting the reader into that that higher level of, like, like the what reverse are we doing empathy. Here? Yeah. Of being, like, not just, like, I am doing this to Percy, but, like, maybe somebody is doing this to me. You know? Like, you, like if you relate to Percy, the reverse thing is true. Like, there's someone, someone is looking at you as well. You yeah. listener, wow. like, 
there's a person looking into your window. Right, right. Like, looking into your window, I don't mean like stalking you. I mean like right. I mean that you you your your actions have consequences and that you are probably um inspiring yeah. a person yeah. who is younger than you or more confused about something wow. that you have some certainty about. Also, we're literally doing a podcast right now. Like you guys are looking wow. into our window. Well, windows, oh my um, god. Weird, weird. No, that's weird so observation. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay, chapter 12, chapter 12. Um, Ganymede gets me a refill. Yes. It's like basically a regular school week chapter, which is... So cute! Amazing! Goes to the the movies. movies, We go to Central Park. We get smoothies. When he was like, this is what I did this week. I was like, that's what I did this week too, Percy. I went to the movies. I got a smoothie. I went to Central Park. (laughs) (laughs) Just hearing alone that for the second time now in the series of Percy going to the movies, I'm like... You are more like me than you think, Percy Jackson. You're more like me. <laughs> admit you're me. King. Yeah, admit, admit it, right? Like, it's the window of my life that he's looking into. It's awesome. Oh. <laughs> just joking, I'm just joking. No, it really is the window of Percy's life that we are all trying to slip into. There's a reference to a sh- quote-unquote short story about a guy who liked to open cans that they're reading in his English class, which definitely, I put the feelers out to you guys. I was like, does that sound like a famous high school english thing i didn't wait i missed that i believe i okay i didn't read this because i don't like this author um which might be controversial i feel like rick probably does really like this person obviously because there's a reference rick has really been like feeling himself with the intertextuality in this book and being like i will i will give you high school english teacher whether you like it or not it's good whether you notice or not the story probably is big two-hearted river by ernest hemingway from his first collection of stories in the early 50s big two-hearted river Okay. That's pretty. That's pretty high school. As as we were describing that last scene, I was like, I, I still don't like Hemingway, and I will stand by this. Mm-hmm. But that scene was giving a good version of what Hemingway thinks he's doing. That- economy of language, the iceberg thing. Hemingway where, thinks like, he's doing Rick Riordan, but Hemingway could never. Rick oh, Riordan could sure. definitely do a uh, big two hearted river, but could Hemingway do? The Chalice of the Gods? No, he couldn't. Chalice of the Gods? I don't think so. (laughs) No, no. Guys, I will be so honest. We read no Hemingway in my high school. So that wasn't... We barely did. We barely... Anyway, Percy's reading. He's having lunch. He's in the cafeteria. um, And Ganymede shows up. Yes, they have a little chat. That's basically the substance of the chapter. This dynamic is very interesting. Ganymede is, like, kind of, like, harassing Percy. But he's also, like, clearly nervous. And the power dynamic is... I find this really fascinating. I don't know. If, did, did anyone else feel like, oh, like Ganymede is not exactly like talking down to Percy in this sort of unidirectional, I'm going to fuck you up way that a lot of the gods do. He's right. giving like, like it's almost verging on like peers or like Ganymede is almost say, like, like older Ganymede's cousin. Ganymede's his GSA. Yeah. You know? Yeah. His grad student advisor, his TA. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, yes. There was something to, now that you say it, there was something to it. And it's weird because Ganymede's also like doing things for him and asking him for a favor. And, it's like, the same way like, Apollo treated Percy. As I Lester. Guess. As Lester? Oh, as Lester. Oh, oh true. Good Kind point. of. They're yeah. like analogs. Yeah. But like, I, I think the energy is so interesting because, well, like it's a little bit different because now we're in Percy's perspective. And we're seeing Percy like have a new relationship to like a god and sort of be like, oh, you are more powerful than me. You could vaporize me. But like, also, can you? Awesome. Right. You know, like, <laughs> is that is that actually what you're gonna do? Like you seem like you're kinda 
I don't know. Yeah, there's something, something about to the it. shifting dynamic is giving you coming of yeah. age, I think, as do, well. Do you feel like it was kind of similar? Maybe because, um, I mean, he was what, like a mortal, right? Who has turned to a god. I feel like it, what yes, other. That's also true that Ganymede knows what it's like to be mortal, unlike, say, well, I guess Apollo knows what it's like to be mortal now, but like, you know, like oh, most well. of the gods. Well. Even like, maybe like <laughs> Dionysus still like talks down to to percy and in, in in ways but like mm. for the most part is kind of maybe on just a level yeah. like right above no no it. no it's different it's different yeah, yeah yeah something and i'm trying to think of who else we know that percy's crossed paths with us that was mortal turned to god that like it's kind of similar to game but i can't think i can't think of anyone in the past books right now dare i say it is time for the epic Persebeth humidifier flashlight FaceTime call. Oh, yes. Word. No. Another highlight point, and it's like right outside of Percy's bedroom. Yeah. His personal. Wow. It's so fascinating. Like, we've literally, like, yeah, to yes. think about the space that, like, the last time we were here was like Nico on the fire escape, you know, like a beautiful <gasps> memory. Oh. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. So, so true. No, okay, yeah. He's FaceTiming Annabeth, even though, as we have established, they do live in the same city, but like, she's downtown. Also, they can't have FaceTime because, of course, of the demigods no cell phone thing, which Rick explains out here by having Percy say, like, I never really thought about why. Quote, it's just so on brand for our lives. I've always accepted it. Yeah. <laughs> Do we think that this qualifies as slang that Rick learned from a person on the Internet? <laughs> it's just so on. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yes, he definitely got that. Talk like that. Right. Um, he got I think he yeah. gets everything from Becky now. He gets Agreed. all his money from Becky <laughs> slash from working with Marco Shiro. Yes, 100%. I won't get into any other people who I feel like may be influencing at this point now because it will get into <gasps> right. True, oh, true. Right, 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 right. Rick does have more young people in his lives, maybe. Yes. Young yeah. actors, yeah, we'll say Absolutely. that. Absolutely, that's <laughs> real. <laughs> Grandpa <laughs> Rick. <laughs> but yeah, yes the mental image is striking it's it's not just so like we've, we've done iris messages before we've done iris messages in the home before but now it's specifically the mister can't you figure it can't you just like see it right in yes yes oh my god i love that because it's just so simple it's so simple and it just works you know what i'm saying which is kind of begging to be a fan art right? i was literally gonna say totally. that i was like where's the fan art totally. someone send it to me please there's a shout out or callback to Monster Donut, which is the we just started talking about Phineas and Ferb on the Patreon. So it's the Mr. <laughs> Slushy Burger um, of the Ryan <laughs> I see that there still are like Monster Donuts everywhere just around. Yeah. Also, shout out to our friends Phoebe and Emily who run the Monster Donut podcast. Very sweet. No, literally like that's so cool. Like callbacks to that. The like. I don't know, world building or like yes yeah like, there's more more of it please right yes. like, i love that we're talking about children of iris who might be able to help us get in contact with iris because it's not going to be just as simple as percy being like well i met her one time um and who's the yeah. one like kid of iris that we really know about the famous wonderful lovely butch much love the butch. pegasi handler giant biceps rainbow tattoos i really was foolish for thinking he would show up he doesn't show up I'm a little gagged that they were like, I'm not just going to bring this character back. Like we need to, we will have a second child of Iris because I need to serve you Soho elegance. Oh my God. But we have does. to get there. We have to get there. I'm so excited to talk about this character. I would actually, wait, before we leave, can we like dive in a little more to like this human oh, yeah. fire scene? Just really, cause it's yeah. just, no, we gotta, we gotta break down. We're going to get to Blanche. This is another moment where I was reading it and just like the, the dialogue between them. 
just put it all together in a way that made so much sense. Like little things, little things like they just have a dialogue. They have like a shorthand now, I think between a lot of the characters, it's just so casual. I don't know. It doesn't have to be so explained out. You already understand it. You can already picture it kind of like a, uh, Peter Parker and Mary Jane and like Spider-Man 2 or something. It's just like characters are established. You already know their relationship (laughs) and like how it works. And now they just kind of are like in the the vibe of it. Should we read some of that dialogue, Carter? Do you want to be Annabeth? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm ready. Okay, I'll be Percy just from 92 to 93. You can't be serious. She's already agreed to meet us at the market. But aren't most quests supposed to be three people wouldn't a fourth be bad luck she's not joining our quest she'll just make the introduction to her mom and hopefully convince iris to go easy on us when we tell her well that we suspect her of being a cup thief or she could make things worse you remember what happened at the last campfire (laughs) i thought it was kind of funny actually calm down seaweed brain i got this under control hmm don't hmm me my roommate's coming gotta go love you you too don't love your plan though Finish your homework. Yes, ma'am. That's adorable. It's perfect. it's perfect. You're like, wow. Like Rick doesn't only know the slang that he hears from the the teams <laughs> around him, but like he also gets the nuance. Like he really does. Like maybe things don't ever change, and it was like this for him <laughs> at that age. But you're like, wow. Like I don't know. I really love that. I really love that part. And before we go to the farmers market, we're gonna take a quick break here. Okay. Word. All right. It's chapter 13. For the record, in chapter 12, I was thinking that there was like another child of Iris that I was completely forgetting about. And I was like, who is this? Like, why don't I know who they're alluding to? It's a new character. It's brand new. Her name is Blanche. I suppose I'll read some of her character description. On page 95, Blanche, daughter of Iris, wore a trench coat, the color of night, jeans and tactical boots, all of which matched the makeup that made her eyes sparkle like black diamonds. Her head was shaved, except for a white blonde topknot. Around her neck hung a Nikon camera the size of a shoebox. Wow, she said, looking around. Uptown. (laughs) Referring to the Upper West Side, because she's famously from Soho. Oh, yeah. Wow, I can't believe we literally know somebody who lives in Soho. That's wild. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I was missing her. Oh, Sam, who has been a former guest on this podcast. I thought you were going to say Blanche. We know her now. We do know her. We know her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People in Soho really do look like that. It's true. Yeah. That's awesome. I loved this. I loved the description. I love the flip on what you got kind of from Butch in a way. Not exactly yes. from Butch, but yes. no, it's true. It's like another counter. It's a different subversion. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love that. I think my favorite characters in the story, which maybe just seem to be it ending up to be a lot of the characters, which is awesome, which is kind <laughs> of do like you're saying subvert, they subvert what you would expect like what you're thinking like she could have her own story written from just like what literally yes you're like you can follow something like that would be so interesting i love that she is such a sickening character like the fact that this whole like campfire thing that they're alluding to is that she literally used her iris powers to turn everything black and white black and white she absorbed all of the color and made everything monochrome and like her whole thing is that she's into like black and white photography of dead things also her name is blanche and she likes things being black and white that's obviously to me a reference to a streetcar named desire the film oh oh the film you got to specify with those Tennessee williams adaptations whether it's the film or the the play 
Well, also she 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 says like you made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Um, uh, yes, she's oh just my- like weird old timey. Also, then later Iris is like we could watch Wandavision, a fun black and white TV show that pays right. homage to right. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm thinking of the noir Spider Verse. Yeah, like, yes, well, yeah, I, the Nick Cage one. I go where it's wind and where it's rain. It smells like rain. Yes. <laughs> I'm personally shocked a bit because instantly, aren't you like, oh, I love her. Like, she's awesome, right? Don't you think she's cool? My first reaction was like, I own that outfit. My second reaction was like, is this? Hmm. I I was like a little suspicious. I I feel like this character description is a little bit giving. Classic Manic Pixie Dream Girl. But because she's only here for a chapter, it's okay. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Like, it's okay to be one-dimensional if you exist for 10 pages. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Also, she's like a Manic Pixie Dream, the Matrix, they, them, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The shaved head is a little bit giving. I don't care if you fucking like it. I'm... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I love that about (laughs) it. Also, like, Camp Haplet has been missing these, like, weird New York City artsy types. But we know they exist because the camp is in Long Island. Like, there are weird New York City kids who are going to Camp Haplet for the summer. Right, right. And she's one. And it's just like, I don't know. It's like if Rachel Elizabeth there was like a different route. You know what I'm saying? If Rachel Elizabeth there was Gen Z instead of being a millennial. Wow. <laughs> good point. And I read this and I was, I get that she like did the thing where she scared Percy, which shocked me too. So I'm like, Percy doesn't get scared from much at all, right? I'm like, oh my God. But she got him and I'm like, doesn't seem like someone that Percy would love. Doesn't seem yeah. like. A, a exactly. Yeah. That person would be like, "Oh, I really f with that kid." I'll say, "I really f with that kid." <laughs> saying like, like it just seems yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, oh, well, she's like real. The group dynamic is so interesting because like Percy doesn't like her. It finds her like weird and a little bit scary. Right. Yeah. Grover's like kind of in love with her, but like not actually in love with her. Is like that's Grover true. thinks she's sickening. Yeah, I, yeah. Grover's I like that's a that's sickening so artist. Funny. She's yes. making statements. Like she has amazing taste. Mm-hmm. And I love that. that Grover is like, yeah. And I'm going back to the whole queer Grover agenda. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Grover <laughs> came out in the Chalice of the Gods, as far as I'm concerned. The wrist <laughs> is limp. <laughs> yeah, Grover is giving, hmm, what would you say? Like bisexual Hebe. Um, Grover has always been giving that, but it's like more now. It's like urgent. It's emphasized. <laughs> it's emphasized for sure. There, yeah. I agree. I agree. I agree. I also would pay so much money to see Nico interact with Blanche. Oh, word. I even think of that. I mean, look, you're coming up with like, this is why, this is why we're here together today is to share. This is why we're gathered here today. Little parts that we're like, wait, don't forget A that. Pitch fanfics. Can exist. Yes. Here's my fanfic pitch. Will, for Nico's birthday, Will is like, I'm going to get Blanche to black and white everything. Oh, work. Wow. For like a party? Really? Like Blanche does a photo shoot. No, like the entire like no, no, no. Make literally camp just like the party like, is literally black and it's white. just black That's and white. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So brilliant. You're and it's like, like the 1940s. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone enacts an old movie, but it's actually black and white. Wow. And Nico's <laughs> like, this reminds me of my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was just so I think just I'm just like giddy like this whenever a new demigod comes in the picture because you're just because it is like that it's just like wow now there's a new there's a little corner of the map of the camp that's painted in now in my brain yes exactly little detail yeah little detail and it's it's brilliant i love it another piece of persabeth dialogue that really threw me back to the good old (laughs) days of you drooling your sleep annabeth going relax you're grinding your teeth (laughs) percy saying am not Though I totally was. She took my hand. Annabeth, enjoy the day. 
Maybe later, I'll let you buy me lunch. Percy, that doesn't make me feel better. Though it totally did. (laughs) Though it totally did. I loved it. I loved it. Relax, you're grinding your teeth is the 18-year-old version of you drool in your sleep. You drool in your sleep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, (laughs) that is brilliant. That is brilliant that you're like making the comparison. I didn't think of that then when I was reading that either. We're at the Lincoln, Lincoln Center Farmer's Market, right? Yes. And we do finally meet Iris. We do. She's wearing a muumuu. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. This scene yeah. is quite interesting. She's giving Auntie Iris. Yes. The description of like her like stand and like all the different like colors coming in from the booth from the different crystals was just like such yeah. a unique visual of a rainbow that I feel like I wouldn't have expected. Yeah. And she and Blanche have an interesting relationship. It is a version of a strange parent, but it's not a version of a strange parent that we've seen before where she is like a little bit afraid of Blanche and like really wants to like make her happy. And it's like Wait, trying to give her all these of gifts. you're afraid of your emo child. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like so many of these relationships are so like weirdly changed by the power dynamic. Whereas like, of course, all parent-child relationships have the power dynamic. That's always layered onto it. But then we also sometimes also see this thing of the parent being like, in spite of this, I like don't totally understand how to make you happy. So I'm just going to, I don't know, like bend over backwards and buy you all these things. Right. Do whatever <laughs> I can to just like try yeah. and get something. No, I love, I love that. I did like that she does try and like, I guess in a way, like pull her out of that shell that she kind of had. It seems like Blanche yeah. kind of like sits in, mm-hmm. but I was kind of a little surprised because I, I would think that her being a literal black sheep of the Iris <laughs> family, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like Demi-Gaw mm-hmm. family there. I would think that she would kind of just knowing Iris be like, I actually love you for this. Like, I love that you're all black. You know what I'm saying? Like, you kind of rock this whole, like, dark. Black is a color. Compared to, yeah, like, compared to, like, all well, the, the rainbow. Black is no color. Because it seemed like something that she was, like, trying to pull her out of that. And I was like, I think if you let her sit in that, it's kind of, I don't know. No, I get what no. you're saying. Like, Iris yeah, yeah, is yeah. the goddess of the rainbow and, like, all different kinds of people and all different kinds of colors. So we think she would, like, support her child who's, like, a quirky, you know, I, I love everybody and their little identities kind of thing. Yeah. Not to say that mm-hmm. every godly parent would, but this one I would expect. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And especially one thing I was like, you know, black, the color black is every other color combined. Like that is a fact about. Isn't that white? It depends. It's like opposite for color theory versus like paint theory. Like, or sorry, light theory versus paint. Like light, white is all the colors. Paint, black is all the colors. Yeah, um, okay. Yes. And she is an artist. <laughs> She is an artist. She's an, so in a sense, in a way, it's got. But she's like optics. Color. That's the thing. Is like the camera work is like giving you like I it's know about Iris. refraction, yeah, and light, oh, and rainbows. So cool. But I'm just choosing to like not express that. <laughs> it's perfect <laughs> teenage rebellion. Yeah, perfect teenage rebellion. Like I'm gonna do all of this, but except for the one thing yeah. my mom wants me to do. Yeah, yeah. like me. I got my talent from you, but I'm gonna like not do. I'm not gonna do it the way that you do it, or the way that you want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I took like what you're saying about her being like you know like a caring parent, Jake. I feel like that's like the one. Like when she says like maybe we can watch an episode of Wandavision together, that felt like to me like her throwing her child a bone. Yes, I yeah. agree. Because obviously like Blanche is more of like a locked in character, so it's like maybe it's all just in the vein of like trying to get her to open up right and be like more yeah. like, like mm-hmm. calm to yeah. the world around or whatever it is right or some i don't know but I, I i yeah i really do think that redeemed that like made me feel like okay well they have things in common which means that there's like 
more you know what i'm saying there's more to it there's definitely more to what's yeah. on page than what you get here you know what i'm saying yeah like well, how many mm-hmm. times has iris offered for blanche to come over and watch an episode of wandavision together because she doesn't know <laughs> anything about black and white art but she heard that this one popular tv show is occasionally black and white because right. goes into color so it- yeah yeah <laughs> oh it's a metaphor oh wow <laughs> <laughs> i feel like also you just never get this like you've never gotten a godly parent and a demigod just like somewhat meeting on occasion and kind of just like making plans and being like, yo, yeah. I can actually just like, I can actually spot him right now for you if you want me to go find him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Can you think of another godly parent where like the demigod and their parent is like chill, not only just chill, but like able to just see each other on a regular basis, even like this. Like yeah, The only thing it thought of was Annabeth and Athena. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that's true. It's, uh, yeah, it, I think the characterization is that that relationship is more regular, but it has a similar tone where Annabeth would like kind of see her somewhere and be like, oh, okay, I guess we're we're gonna have a chat. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the minor gods, there's so much, ch- you know, they're just around. So like, yeah, I do think are. that they get to spend more time with their kids. It's true. That's good, which is good. Yeah. And when we talk to Iris, she's a little um, standoffish maybe, but very patient and not yes. rude or dismissive fundamentally like as we're getting into it you know like she's reacting empathetically to the details nodding along we get to a place with her where she like okay this is partially like this was blanche's ask was that she was like you need to like hear these people out help them don't hurt them and then we'll hang out but but iris is is pulling through you know she's like not being mean about it either we're we're getting her her she's hearing the story and then we're getting her takes and her take is she feels bad for ganymede yeah she says, quote, I do not mess with people. I feel nothing but sympathy for that poor young god. Swept up by Zeus just because he was attractive, used <laughs> as an eternal party decoration, and having to endure the scowls of Hera and others as Zeus dotes on him? No. So many young men and maidens have been the victims of Zeus and those other good old gods who do whatever they want with impunity. It's terrible. And Percy's like, oh, oh my god. Oh, is she? Oh. She gets it. She like, gets wow, it. okay. Still, She still is rocking in the same way she was the last time I saw her, which is like awesome, right? It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's there's not too much other than just like the little plot mechanics, I think, for the rest of this, this last chapter here. But yeah. um, she says, I know you think we gods can't resist giving demigods little errands, and you're right. <laughs> you show up on our doorsteps, and we suddenly remember a dozen things we'd love to check off of our to-do lists. But it is more than that. Annabeth says, knowledge has value. The more valuable, the more it has to be earned. <laughs> and Iris says, spoken like a true daughter of Athena. Also, this will give you something to do while I investigate my hunch. So she didn't steal the chalice, but she thinks she might know who did. But while she's figuring out if she does know who did, they have to clean her staff in a special river where they're going to have to fight some monsters. Yes. Fight, yes. but nonviolently. That's her whole thing. Yeah. She's free. like, you could cruelty free quest. Go to a river. No one knows where it is. That can clean anything. Clean my staff. And also do not kill any of the snakes that will try to eat you. Oh, and also river. in 15 days from now, we're throwing a little feast for the Ides of September to honor Minerva. So by then Zeus is going to need his chalice. So you better make sure that everything is done in 15 days. To which I immediately thought, 15 days is literally double Long, what we normally get. Luxuriating. We're going to keep chilling in this book. We're going to get some more chill moments, and I'm very excited. I actually thought that was, like, a little bit less. Like, I thought it was going to be more time than that. But I think that mm-hmm. it, is, it is fun. I think there, there definitely will be some chill downtime, hopefully, between now and then. 
or like some more some more moments of pause maybe like between then and now because that it kind of has been he's kind of just been like you know, I'm, gonna t- I'm all right we're gonna do this tomorrow i guess we're gonna do that in two days you know what i'm saying just when they yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. when they're able to get these things done they are it's another real thing about their age right of just being able to like, yeah insane to what they have going on which is chaotic and crazy there are two little tiny things that i thought were very funny at the end of this chapter um mm-hmm. one is that like as soon as iris brings out her staff because she used to be the herald of the gods this is her old staff percy like starts describing it and being like it's disgusting and like starts asking all these questions and, like making all these little jokes in his narration and then all of a sudden grover's like percy <laughs> letting me know <laughs> i'd spaced really? out yeah. <laughs> Do you feel that? <laughs> yes. And then Percy's like, sorry, what? Like, it's like, thinking like, like every time. I was talking time, to the camera. Yes, he's talking to the camera. Every time Percy has been doing like little jokes and like making sassy comments in his narration, he's been completely spacing out, catatonic <laughs> in whatever scene he's in. Just so real to the ADHD dyslexia of it Yes. All. It's just so good. I've lived it. I've lived that moment. I know what it's like to be like, just thinking about your brain just running in a direction after you're getting the info, which I love. And then everyone's like, "What? Where are you? It's like, yeah. like where mentally? Where are you?" Um, the other thing is that the staff is partially made out of Dodonan oak, to which Percy is like, "I don't know what that is," because this book takes place oh in the Trials of Apollo. I did not register that either until you just pronounced it, and I was like, "Oh my god." I know her. Another reason I was able to read this <laughs> is because I am still reading Trials of Apollo. So that I will hold yeah. on to. I will hold on. Don't, don't spoil anything there, but that is interesting. I won't spoil anything, but I will say that possibly my favorite character in the entire Ryden verse is himself, Dodonan. Dodonan. Okay. <laughs> Word. All right. Yes. I'll have to, I'll have to see and meet when, when the time comes. <laughs> when I literally was reading Trials of Apollo and then, I, and then this book and then like it came out and I was like, okay. I need to read this. Like, I need yeah. to read oh, this, yeah. especially so this I can get on the pod. But like, I'm like jumping back into it, uh, one that I can match up with on the pod. So I'm like, this is great. But this, yeah. seriously, like, no regrets because it does take place before. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. Good timing. Perfect. It is perfect timing. It's great. Good timing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this section wraps up with uh, Iris doling out her little mini quest. Um, and in order to find this river, we're actually going to have to ask uh, a head Nereid. So Percy's going to wait until Monday when he gets back to school to talk to Eudora, um, the sea nymph that his dad sent. So we have like a whole weekend just to chill. And that's where we're going to end today. I wanted to say one more thing about the crystals and like the kind of <gasps> like look of the whole space. And maybe mm-hmm. this is like part of what I'm realizing now kind of gave me the idea of it. But doesn't it kind of make you think of like Howl's room and like Howl's moving castle? Like the kind of. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's the like kind of. And then she's the, like chimes of, and yeah, the drums and the yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Calm, like, old, like older woman. And she kind of reminds you of like a character in like the Ghibli or I don't know, like there's kind of like definitely characters that remind me of Iris in in some of the Ghibli movies here. So just kind of, that is something that kind of encapsulated my brain after, now thinking about it now, I didn't think about that until just now, but really yeah. looking back is, uh, yeah, I yeah. don't know if he draws inspiration or something, but it's good. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Jake, we have a last question to ask you, which yes. is um, since the last time you were here, yeah. I don't know if you have the same answer, different answer. Um, do you think Persebeth is the greatest love story ever told? Yes, yes. It's only grown strong. <laughs> Literally, the evidence is only grown stronger. It's only <laughs> the writing is getting only more sharp to their their relationship. Just having two characters who've gone through so much together, like all of this, and still being able to like look at their relationship and be like, 
it feel there's a lot to it that feels so genuine i think is really awesome it's good to like have characters like that you're like yes okay yeah 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 the characters i like are genuinely genuinely making it out all right which is good i like that yeah so yes greatest ever yes 100 (laughs) percent oh thank you jake for joining us Um, we'll have to have you back you're clearly moving pretty slowly um so we've got some more time if you need another papa i'm going to keep going reading this book so hell yeah another time i'm so excited this is like awesome so all right the next time you all hear from us we will be back um to talk about some more chapters and we will have a brand new guest who is an actual legitimate bona fide member of gen c so maybe they'll have some insights to offer (laughs) (laughs) all right we'll see you all next time awesome bye all Bye. bye everyone